0: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Executive Girlfriends Group. It is Friday, July seventeenth, two thousand fifteen, and it is a rainy, gloomy day here in Tampa, Florida, which is very unusual in the Sunshine State. Uh, but we have a, a, a ray of sunshine here today. We have a fabulous discussion about a book called Rocket Fuel. And the subtitle for this book is The One Essential Combination That Will Get More of What You Want from Your Business. And we generally interview women here, but I am delighted to introduce the author of this book, Mark Winters. Mark, welcome.
1: Thanks, Chickie. It's so great to be with you, here with you today. This is going to be fun.
0: Well, it is going to be fun, and I'll tell you what, you know, I think we can all use a little bit of rocket fuel to, uh, to propel us. I know, you know, the last couple of months I've been uh, building and launching a brand new venture, and uh, particularly as an entrepreneur, sometimes, you know, you just need that burst of, of extra energy and that extra fuel uh, to get you to the next level. So I'll tell you what, this show is for me today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, terrific. Well, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into the book?
1: Sure. So, my background actually started in in big corporate. I was with uh Procter and Gamble and uh, then while I was in business school, I actually caught the the entrepreneurial bug because that sounded like it was so much more interesting what the uh the entrepreneurs were doing than what I was doing. And that started me on a journey of, of starting, uh, buying companies. And at last count, I'm up to 10 companies that I've either started myself, bought, uh, you know, shut down, or, or sold along the way. And in the process, I really uh, developed an appreciation for the difference between running a company just on my, my gut instincts and, and feel uh, versus running a company on some kind of a system. Where I could really uh, you know harness the things that were going on in the in the in the organization and and get folks on the same page with me to to try and do the things I was trying to
0: get done well, you know I love what the intro uh, you know actually to your page on Amazon says, which is that you have a passion for helping entrepreneurs get. Unstuck, so that they can pursue their freedom. And for anybody who has had the the pleasure, as I have, to go and actually watch a rocket launch, uh, we live very close to Kennedy Space Center, and, and I was doing their marketing plan a few years ago and uh, was invited up to the VIP platform. And you know, as you see that rocket sitting on the platform, um, you know, I, you can envision it actually being connected and and stuck to the platform. And it's not until ignition and and until that rocket fuel starts flowing and and it creates this amazing uh, visual before it begins propelling uh, the rocket up. And and so I'd love to know how you came up with the name for this book. Was this your invention or did the publisher, uh, you know, come up with that after hearing the concept? Tell us that story.
1: Yeah, well, first I gotta appreciate the visual. The picture you paint there is, is so is so perfect. Uh, I love the the, the the fact you're so close to the the, the rocket's actually going into space uh, <laughs> yeah. and where where it came from. It actually came from a client. So uh, one of the clients that I work with in in my for my private practice was sitting here, and they knew I was writing a book. And so, the guy's name is John, and he's like, "So so winners, tell me what you know. What's the name of this book you're writing?" And so I threw out what one of the working titles was, which frankly was pretty, pretty bland and pretty vanilla. And he just kind of shakes his head and he goes, no, 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 that's not it. <laughs> I said, okay, okay John, so, so what is it? And he says, it's rocket fuel. And I said, okay, John, so explain to me why it's rocket fuel. And he goes on to tell this story of where they brought in some experts in, in profiling. And they were walking them through the different profiles of their leadership team and talking to them about how they were all different and how they interacted differently. And he took the two folks that were in the roles of what we call the visionary and the integrator of the organization. And basically, the consultant looks at the profiles and puts them together and shows them to him and says, okay, so so wait, now you two fit together like this? And they said, yeah, that's that's how we work together. And they looked at the profiles and said, oh, my gosh, this combination is going to be like rocket fuel for your company.
0: Oh. And so for him
1: that was just it that just clicked that that told the story and when he told me that I was like yep that's it we we're going to do that and so we kind of played it out shared it with some people they reacted positively to it and the next thing you know it's on the cover of the book
0: Well it is it is so perfect and as I said you know I've been going through this this process myself and this is not my first startup um and, you know, I, I haven't had the benefit yet of selling one, but I have had the pain of shutting one down. And mm. and so this one, I am just determined, you know, that it's not going to be in that category. And, and so it is so timely because this last week, and, and I'm very definitely in the visionary camp, you know, without a doubt, I am the most comfortable, you know, doing uh, product strategy and, and and marketing strategy and all, all of the things that go uh, with that strategic role, um, but when it gets down to implementation and <laughs> integration and pulling in the the talent that it needs to get that done, you know that 's where I know I need that complementary person, and this week, I found. Uh, someone who may be an investor, but but uh, more importantly is what he calls a, a super advisory board member. And he has all those talents of the integrator. So I can't Wait to talk about this because oh, you know fantastic. as we go through part one of your book, what starts out with the context uh, of of rocket fuel and, and this whole concept of this combination, it talks about the visionary, it talks about the integrator, and then it talks about the relationship. And I've got to tell you, that's the chapter I'm most interested in at this juncture in my life. But let's let's back up. Um, so tell us what your day job is now, and and how that translated into becoming an author. Uh, were you pursued by a, by a publisher? Did you come up with the concept and take it to a publisher? How'd that happen?
1: Yeah, great. So, so I spend most of my time working with leadership teams of small entrepreneurial companies and helping them implement a system uh, we call EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And so pretty much... You know, any Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, you'll find me in uh, in my studio with a leadership team, and we're you know sleeves rolled up, you know knee deep in, in working through the nitty gritty of, of getting things in place, getting them all on the same page, getting them clear on what's the most important thing to to move them forward and make the company do what they want it to do. So that system EOS was developed by a guy named Geno Wickman, who has become a very good friend of mine. And in addition to developing the system, he's written a book called Traction. And uh, one of the concepts in Traction is this accountability chart. So it's a structure for how the organization uh, is, is laid out in terms of the things that you need to have done, the things that we need people to be doing to make the business go where we want it to go, and then a process for, for appropriately mapping people to those uh, you know, seats on the bus, if you will. So in, in his experience and in, in my experience with, with the clients that I work with, we saw just tremendous power when a client would solve this problem of the visionary and the integrator. And they would bring in this person, Chicky, just like you said, you know, you're wired for this visionary stuff. You love that. You have energy for that. You don't have energy for the detail stuff and just kind of the getting down in the, you know, the the day to day you know keeping the trains running on time kinds of things that somebody right. that you know, we call an integrator they love that stuff they're all about that and so when we can get the two of you together it just unlocks it and makes it happen so we both had and in our larger community of other folks who are implementing EOS we had all these examples of people that when they put those two puzzle pieces together it just took off and it was so powerful so Gino approached me about about collaborating with him on a book on that topic and that's ultimately what became you know the book Rocket Fuel. And if you think about it, our our intention, the real reason we're writing this book is because we have a passion for the entrepreneur. We really care about the entrepreneur. You know, you talked about you know an intro line in, in, in a bio for me. And and it's all about the pursuit of freedom. And so I see these entrepreneurs that make this daring leap to go get whatever piece of freedom, whatever type of freedom they want, whether it's freedom of time, you know, financial freedom, freedom to spend time with the, the, the people they want to spend time with or freedom to have a certain impact that they want to have on the world. And I see far too many of them just kind of fall short and right. they get stuck and, they, and they're stuck in this situation that's, you know, it's almost like just a terrible hourly job. They're not, they're not achieving the things that they wanted to. They're not having fun. They're not making the kind of impact that they want to, right? So right. If, if we have found a way here where we can bring this complementary piece into play alongside them, and all of a sudden, like you said, it, 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 the combination is, is so powerful, so explosive, and then we right. get them up on the trajectory to, to really get to where they wanted to go.
0: Right, and you know, Mark, I, I will tell you for myself, and I'm sure uh, our other listeners who are entrepreneurs uh, can resonate with this, is that what I, the freedom I seek is the freedom to succeed, right? Because the thing that continually haunts me, and any entrepreneur who has been through uh, what I call a spectacular failure, right, not just a failure, but, you know, like yeah. a $7 million loss failure, right, yeah. uh, where a million of those resources were, you know, my own, uh, right. My, right. mine and my husband's, and, and six million was from a local angel who, like, I still have to uh. see at events, and fortunately, uh. we're still friends, and, and, you know, I've actually worked on other ventures with him, but, you know, every time, and, and I'm sure other other people have their own version of this i have this recurring dream that i'm on a ski lift a chair lift going up a mountain and first of all i hate being cold which is why i live in florida and second of all i'm afraid of heights and so getting off the chair lift is frightening to me right oh, and then yeah. i look down i looked down on the ski hill and it's not just a normal ski hill it's moguls and down on the moguls are and this isn't meant to have some deep, deep, deep meaning, but there are all these men in suits, right? The fact that there are no women on the hill, I, I don't know what that's all about. But anyway, there are all these men in suits just deftly going down and, and managing the moguls and, and you know, getting down to the bottom and putting their hands up. And I'm on this you know, chairlift being afraid to get off. And you know, I realize I, I would have that dream every time I would go to an entrepreneurial event. Because I was seeing all these other people and seeing the facade of the success and right and not seeing that we all share some version of that fear right
1: right yeah there's there's no there's no doubt it, you know fear is is such a, a a key player in the whole dynamic and you know in, in my experience and I've certainly had my share of i love your your phrase spectacular uh failures and you know the the thing that I take from those is there's no way i would I would be you know, the, who I am and have the perspective I have without that. And there's so much value that comes from that. Right. I mean, and the the lessons that I learned through some of those kind of deals uh, you know, in comparison to the lessons I learned in, in school for sure, uh you know they were expensive lessons but boy they stick with you and they and oh they, yeah i mean <laughs> i
0: say i have got the most expensive doctorate in the history of man you know yeah you can talk about going to harvard and you can talk about going to stanford but i've been to the school of hard knocks and i have a double doctorate <laughs>
1: yeah i'm with you i'm with you love it
0: anyway so let's let's dive into the book a bit so you've separated uh the book really into two parts one is about the context and the other is about the how-to's. So, give right. us the background of the context section and, and why you elected to organize the book this way. Because I know that that was not by accident.
1: Yeah, it was. It was real intentional. First of all, we know that a large part of our audience for the book is, is visionaries, and, and visionaries have the attention span of oh, I don't know, a gnat. <laughs> a teenage gnat, right? so, I say. Yeah, a teenage gnat. <laughs> and and so we've got to we've got to make it where they we can get to the point quickly. And uh, so that's, that's part of the, the reason for organizing. If you think about what we're trying to do on a high level, it's really three things. We're trying to help our audience crystallize their thinking around this whole visionary integrator combination. Second thing is to, if they feel it's the right thing for them and they could benefit from it, to get connected with their complementary counterpart. And then the third thing is, once they're connected, to be able to maximize that relationship. Uh, so, so we laid out the book, you know, first to really set that context so they could understand the parts and then second, the, the how to's, you know, just, just going and making it happen. You know, we've got a couple of different pieces in in there and then we threw a bonus chapter on at the end of some tools that uh, are really important to help, to help make the organization, uh, you know, effective and and get clear on the vision for where you want to go with the organization help you get consistent traction towards, uh, Uh, you know, towards that goal and be healthy as a a team. So that's where the organization came from.
0: Well, I love that. And, you know, with understanding that you do consulting in this arena, I mean, I've had a consulting firm for 19 years, so methodology is near and dear to my heart, even though, you know, I am the visionary and and doing the tactical stuff isn't, uh, you know, my bread and butter of my day. I mean I can do it if I have to. And I, I had posted on Facebook last week that I finally figured out what C E O meant and it's it's actually Chief <laughs> Everything Officer. There and you go. uh you know, I'm I'm very adept at the everything side of it. But you're right, you know, it doesn't jazz me and it doesn't fuel me. Uh, you know, to get up every morning if I think I've got all of these tactical things that I've got to do. Um, so let's let's dive in uh, to the visionary chapter. And we've already talked a lot about the characteristics of, you know, how, how you know you're a visionary. And I think... Uh, for me, I had this epiphany. I, I spent uh, the first 20 years of my career in corporate life. Uh, I have always been in travel and travel technology, which is what my new firm uh, is focused on. Okay. And I was always the person who was pulled out for every special project that had a blank sheet of paper. And you know <laughs> that was my first indication that I was the person who could envision something from a blank sheet of paper. So yeah. tell us how, how you helped folks figure out their role. And, again, I don't think visionaries wonder who we are. Um, you know, I, I think we wonder how far we can take it into the integration phase and push that yeah. uh, to the limit.
1: So, so a couple of points I, I want to make here. So, so first, you know, the, the value of, of visionaries is it's just un, unquestionable. I mean, it's so, so important, so critical. They're the ones that really, you know, nothing happens without the, that visionary spark to start something or get something going or or take something into a new, new direction, a new place. And there's so many, uh, you know, great capabilities that they have, you know, just sort of being a a fountain of ideas, uh, you know, a big picture thinker, they can kind of see the future and in a sense of where things are going and the best place to, to position the business along that path to take full advantage of it. Normally visionaries are really great at big external relationships, whether that's customers, uh, you know, strategic partners, just kind of people in the community. Uh, You know, they're good at solving the big problems and there's just this whole list of things that we go through in the book that talk about all the special gifts, special talents that visionaries bring, uh, you know, bring to the party. And the realization that goes along with Along with all these great gifts, uh, there's some other things that just aren't so great. And there's some things that are challenging. And so we want to kind of shine a light on that and, and take notice of the fact that, you know, we don't need the visionary to do it all. And for us to expect that they can do it all, uh, you know, isn't, isn't realistic and it's just, it's just not helpful. So we want to look at the things that are typically challenges that a visionary either confronts or creates along the way. You know, one of the interesting ones, we call it organizational whiplash. And so visionaries just love that new idea. They're moving on to the next thing all the time. So right. if you watch the organization uh, of the visionary, they kind of look to the left the visionary does, and the whole organization kind of looks to the left along with the visionary what they're looking at, but then like in the next second, the visionary is looking to the right, and so the whole organization kind of shifts, and now they're looking to the right, and the next thing you know, the visionary is looking back to the left, so if we're not careful, the organization kind of gets this whiplash effect as they're following the next new idea, the next new idea, the next new idea that's coming from the visionary. That can be very dangerous and distracting and and really slow down. The visionary, so you you've probably seen that, and you know so <laughs> hey, that's, that's, I, that's, i've
0: been the star of that show <laughs> <laughs> you
1: you've lived that in living color right well, and I uh, remember
0: so. having this this discussion with with the guy who we hired as the c o o of of my spectacular failure venture, and you know I tried to explain to him. That – you know how on a car you've got the mirror that says these items are closer than than they appear? Right, right. You have to understand that my mirror doesn't say that. My mirror says that these items are much further away than they (laughs) appear. And I want you to look at that mirror that says when I say something, I'm not expecting it to be executed tomorrow. I'm talking about next year or five years from now. And I can throttle back and forth between today and the future very, very easily. But, you know, as we start talking about the integrator, the integrator is paid and incented to focus on getting things done in the here and now. And so anything that uh, looks too far out is a threat to that, to their ability. And, and you have to have that symbiotic relationship to be able to talk about the future, without them thinking that they're going to have to change the product plan tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, you, you bring up a great point around communication, uh, and it's another challenge that visionaries have. Uh, the the Heath brothers in, in Made to Stick tell a story about a an experiment that they did with some some students, where one student would have a set of headphones on, listening to a, a like a nursery rhyme or some kind of a tune. So imagine they're hearing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and mm-hmm. they're supposed to tap. They're supposed to tap that that tune out on the table and their partner that's sitting in the chair across the table is supposed to guess the tune that they're tapping out. So they're sitting and they're hearing in their headphones, twinkle, twinkle, little star. So they're tap, tap, tapping, twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's just crystal clear. And then they ask their partner, so what song are they playing? What's, what's, this, what's the tune they're tapping out? What percentage of those people do you think guessed it right? Three. It was less than three. It's like two and a half percent, okay? So, so the point is, as visionaries, the tune is so crystal clear in our head <laughs> you that we're, so we, right. just expect, we expect <laughs> that everybody hears it the same way we do. But in reality, probably a little less than three percent is getting through. So we have to be aware of that. And in that sense, the integrator a lot of times acts as a translator. So they they know that's going on. They can ask the question. They can dive into more detail. They can kind of push back, or they can reinterpret and, and translate it and, and communicate it in a different way. Uh, so that communication, us all being on the same page, is essential. And as visionaries, instinctively, uh, we sometimes miss that.
0: Right. Well, you know the interesting thing, in this same individual, uh, I remember also having the dialogue that we were we were actually going to look for a a CEO. I had been the CEO, you know, through the founding stage, and we were moving into uh, actually launching the product. And, you know, he kind of took a big breath and said, well, you know, that's the role I want. And, well, you know, I had to sit him down at that point and say, look, a COO is not a CEO in training right it's not it's really a different skill set entirely and what your book articulates that the visionary is the classic ceo and the integrator is the classic coo president and and if you think you can just serve time as the integrator and then all of a sudden you become the visionary you know who can carry out those you know high level relationships and the long term uh view and and you know dealing with the board um, you know, I think a lot of people get tripped up by that. What, what's your experience yeah. on that front?
1: Well, you know, it's it's a very different skill set. So one of the things that we kind of preach is don't let titles confuse you because what you'll find is people have a different interpretation of what does CEO mean, what does COO mean, what does president mean. So So the titles can be very confusing if you're not interpreting them the same way. So we push towards just really plain-spoken, Functional types of titles, so a visionary function, an integrator function, a sales function, for that matter, and getting right. specific about the roles and responsibilities that go along with that. So we don't get wrapped up into the the traditional titles, and we talk about them to try to help people, you know, categorize and think about what bucket this falls in or, or what bucket that falls in. Uh, but that's one point. The other point I would say is, uh, you know, the, the skill sets are very different, so uh, it's rare that we find somebody that can do both. Now, that said, people can do certain degrees of yeah. both, right? So so there may be some integrator skills, Chickie, that you're very good at. And, you know, maybe there's things that you like and enjoy, uh, you know, but but there may be some other ones that you're just not good at at all or you maybe you really don't enjoy at all. And so everybody kind of has their shape, their thing where they're stronger or weaker in different areas. So a big part of our process is about exploring that, discovering that, getting really clear on that so you understand as the visionary what the shape of your two-piece puzzle looks like so that we know what shape to look like on the other side. Because we need our integrator to mesh perfectly in with us and, and fit together so that we have a complete coverage of all the things that we need covered and all the important things that need to get done between us, we have someone who's really, really good at it. And that's their gift. That's their unique ability. So we have it covered.
0: Interesting. So let's talk a little bit more about the relationship uh, between the two, because you've touched on some really important components of, of the communication and, and essentially the expectations um, and managing that uh, tenuous um, Uh, relationship between the future and the present so what are the other dimensions of of the relationship and I, i know there's an orientation for the implementer to to you know work with a lot of tools and structure and form and the inventor and and the the one who is actually the the dreamer uh for the business and and that visionary is a little less dependent on that structure and tools
1: yeah, so so a couple important things about the relationship. One is the realization that the two are very different. There's going to be uh, friction in the relationship, just as a matter of course. So there's a little bit of kind of headbutting that is just, I mean, it's just going to be expected. You've got to you've got to know that going in, and the challenge becomes how to blend that friction. Into something that's positive and helpful, and let instead of letting it turn into something that's really destructive and distracting. Uh, So, we lead you down a path of some specific things that are really uh, uh, helpful as a structure to get the two, get the visionary and the integrator absolutely uh, in sync and you know, moving with the same pulse, with the same heartbeat, you know, towards the same the same end goal. And, you know, we, we call those out in one of the later chapters called the five rules. Uh, So you want to get into those?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Great. So, so the first thing on the five rules is what we call staying on the same page. It's that simple. So we have a structure, we call a same page meeting that says that once a month, the visionary and the integrator protect time. It could be two to four hours where they protect time to sit together with the objective of absolutely getting on the same page. So here's how the meeting works. They come in and they check in with each other on a on a really a human level. So it's like, okay, you know, let's talk about what's going on in your world personal, you know, what's good, what's bad, what are you kind of thinking about? And you really connect as as people because this is a it's a sort of marriage. I mean, it's that kind of a relationship. It's that level of a relationship in terms of intensity and commitment and the you know the 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 feelings that can can come to bear in it. So we check in with each other. And then we lay out our issues. So both the visionary and the integrator in between the time, they've kind of been making their list of of issues where it's like, you know, we need to talk about this. I'm not sure about that. How do you feel about this? I'm concerned about that. And they lay all those out and they begin a process of prioritizing those issues, which things are the most important things for us to talk about first. And they just start picking them off one at a time. And they stay in there. They stay in that meeting until they've talked about all that stuff and are absolutely 100% on the same page, and they spend as long as it takes to get to that point. So they make that a discipline to do that once a month. That may be the most powerful tool in the toolkit in terms of making this relationship work.
0: Hmm. Can you see how that would help? Oh, without a doubt.
1: So so the second of the five rules is something we call no end runs. <laughs> no end runs is about not... Jumping around the roles of accountability in the structure of the organization. So here's what'll happen: because there hasn't been an integrator in the past, people in the organization are conditioned to go straight to the visionary <laughs> with things. Right? Okay, you, you, you've seen this too. There's that I laugh. Have, of, uh, yep, <laughs>
0: of, a, a without fami- a doubt.
1: Familiarity, right? Familiarity. So so what happens when we do that, so imagine that we have the integrator in place and someone who's supposed to be reporting to accountable to the integrator just bypasses them entirely and comes to the visionary because they didn't like the answer they were getting from the integrator. If the visionary engages in that and begins to direct them and basically take the role of being their their manager, their leader, it takes that other manager or that integrator and just cuts them off at the knees. It makes them totally ineffective when they do that. Inruns right. can happen the other way too, right? So as the visionary, you're conditioned to basically tell whoever to do whatever whenever you want. And so you swing down into some department in the organization and you see something going on that's a little different than what you expected or what you had in mind, and so you start directing traffic and you start telling people to do this and that, and that will have the same effect of basically cutting off the manager of that department and making them totally ineffective. So we have a a trigger that we call, quote, unquote, the question that we want you to ask. So anytime an end run is in play, so someone is coming to you on an end run, it's okay to sit and listen and hear what they have to say. But at the end of listening, after you've resisted the urge to direct and tell them what to do, at the end of listening to all of it, you say, okay, I hear you. So I only have one question. Are you going to tell them or am I going to tell them? Because somebody needs to tell them. And if you will do that and redirect them to the person they should have been talking to about this in the first place, our experience right. is within, within 30 days you'll shut this kind of behavior down altogether. Okay?
0: Absolutely. And, and again, I, I think that the key here is that, uh, you know, people – Uh, in particular the integrator, has to be willing to sit down and do that with the visionary. And and that's the harder of the two. I think it's way easier to have the conversation you describe where the team member is coming to the visionary. Um, But, you know, I've seen this over and over again in in my own situation because I am so action-oriented. And and this is one of the characteristics of an entrepreneurial visionary is something goes, and in this day of electronics, right, Something goes yeah. from our head to our fingers over the wires, you know, or into creation mode. Like, you know, I'll come up with an idea and ten minutes later I've got the logo, I've got the plan written down, right? It's already done. Right. And the Facebook right. page is probably built, right? And right. and so when I ask for something to be done, if three, four, five days later it's not done, I'll either do it myself, right, you know, because this is what we do, unfortunately. And it takes a really strong integrator to come and say, you know, stop it. Because what ends up happening, at least in my own experience, is then, you know, even if they stay in that role and, and you say the words of what needs to be done, then all they're doing is passing on your words, right and then you start thinking well why are they even in place in, to begin with if all they're doing is right. repeating what i'm saying i don't need them <laughs> right so it's right. it's that horrible reinforcing cycle that that you can easily get into so so tell us from the integrators perspective what the best way is uh you know to disintermediate that because i again i think that's the harder of the two
1: Yeah. So, so it really becomes around clear expectations and having the right people in the right seats. Uh, So, you know, if, if we know what, what we need the folks to do and we have folks in those seats that they they really are competent, they're really good at it. And we, we, we begin to learn that we can trust them to do it. That's an essential first step, right? And so, a lot of times it's just, it's just being clear about that because as the visionary, you don't have that trust yet. And the, the, the visionary delegation or letting go trap that they fall into is this historical pattern of uh, it falling through or it not getting done. Okay, right. So when we first started the, this, the, you know, the research for this book, one of my theories was the reason visionaries wouldn't let go of stuff and let somebody else do it was because they were control freaks. They wanted, know, the they wanted to have control. They wanted it done their way.
0: All. That's it's, how it looks from the outside. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, what's it about?
1: It's about It's trust. about
0: getting things done.
1: It's about, it's about trust and fear because a lot of yes. times what's happened is the visionary, they want to hand things off, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. But in the past, okay. they've handed something off. And it either didn't get done or it got done poorly. And basically, it's like they handed something off and somebody else dropped it and broke it. And then the visionary's left sitting there looking, going, gee, that was my thing you just broke, right? And so they, <laughs> they've been trained to, uh, to be basically afraid to hand things off and be somewhat, uh, you know, skeptical and concerned and all that. So that's the conversation that the integrator has to, has to drive, is an awareness of what's going on, establish the confidence and trust that, look, we have a team That is 100% capable of doing this and doing this at the level that we need it done. And whatever communication needs to happen around that to establish that level of confidence and trust, we do that and the visionary starts to go, oh, okay, this works. This is, this is great. If something's happening, uh, you know. Too slowly or not at the level of quality that we need to happen, that may be a specific issue that we do need to address. There may be something that needs to change or something different that needs to happen there. The other thing that's interesting in your example is is there are things that the visionary has passion about that they enjoy, that they want to do. So keep in mind that a lot of times is fair game. and and maybe something that should be on the visionary's list. They can also sit in other seats in the organization where they're not only the visionary of the company, but they may sit in a seat on a team in a certain department where they contribute because it's some area where they just have so much fire and energy and passion that they can do stuff down there, and they love it, and the organization gets tremendous value from it. So that's fair game, too.
0: Very, very interesting. So let's move uh, quickly into the tools uh, part of the discussion. And, and I love it that you, and we'll, we'll uh, reiterate these websites at, at the end, but I love it that you've actually got a, uh, an assessment that people can take. So so once they have done that, <clears throat> then, you know, they come back and you've given a, a number of tools that can be used as a part of the relationship to keep things not only just moving, but really to be that rocket fuel. So tell us a little bit about those tools.
1: Right. So, so let's kind of talk about, uh, you know, the accountability chart is, is one of the big tools that we talk about, and that lays out the structure. So I've touched on it briefly, but imagine that you think about all the things that need to happen in the organization, the right place for them to happen. So it's almost like an organization chart on steroids. So it's not about hierarchy. It's about who's doing what and who are they accountable to. So we want total clarity on that. So we make sure we have everything covered. And, and we're, we're mapping the right people to the right seat in that structure. Uh, we talk about a tool that we call, uh, you know, we, we talk about the core questions. So getting clear on the core questions that, that really lay out the vision for the organization and where we're going so that everybody, again, needs to be on the same page with, uh, you know, where we're trying to get to and how we're planning to get there. So there's a, a whole exercise that we walk through in the book to help you Get on the same page about that. It's essential. If the vision and the integrator aren't on the same page about that, you can imagine uh, the false starts and the uh, you know the, the the trouble that that would cause. Uh, we talk about this construct of the ninety-day world. So every quarter, setting the next most important priorities, being crystal clear on what the most important things that we're working on this quarter, getting reconnected. Uh, you know, every ninety days, because as humans. 90 days is sort of a, a magical length of time in that it's long enough for us to make some big progress and get some really big things done, but it's, it's short enough that we can stay focused on it. And at the end of that 90 days, the team starts to feel what I call the fray. So they start to become a little bit more disconnected, a little bit fuzzy, a little bit unclear. And so every 90 days, we want to push together again and get that clarity, get back on the same page, and, and decide what our next set of priorities is. Uh, you know, from there, we have a weekly meeting pulse that we, that we want folks to follow that keeps everyone connected, keeps the tempo of the organization moving forward, has accountability towards the priorities that we've set, uh, lets us have an opportunity to attack any obstacles that are coming up and getting in the way, and finally, a scorecard tool that keeps those numbers in front of us that are most important to let us know what's really going on with the organization and help us identify uh, any issues that we need to be attacking and hopefully help us identify them a little sooner than if we didn't have that tool in front of us right. uh, so we can see, okay, here's something that's coming up, and if we don't fix that, we're going to end up in the ditch, and I'd like to find out about out about that while we're still up on the road instead of finding out about it after we're already in the ditch.
0: Oh, exactly. So, Mark, you've already talked about some of of the five rules, and and we've kind of interspersed them in in the conversation. Can you reiterate what the five rules are?
1: Great. five rules, the first one is stay on the same page, the same page meeting that we talked about. Second one is no end runs, so we talked a good bit about that. The third one is the idea that the integrator is the tiebreaker. So they really serve that role where if the functional leaders can't work it out. So sales says we need to go left. Ops says we need to go right. Uh, If they can't work it out between themselves, the integrator takes on that role of hearing the arguments and saying, okay, for the greater good, this is the way we're going to go, and ultimately makes that decision and gets us unstuck in moving forward. Uh, The fourth rule is that you're an employee when working in the business. So this is very important for someone who's an owner, and also playing a role in the seat in the accountability chart. they got to set that owner hat aside and play in that seat just like any other employee who was a non-owner would in that seat. That's how we let the whole accountability chart have integrity and everybody play together as they should. We have a different mechanism called an owner's box where you get to play owner. And then number five is to maintain mutual respect. So the the integrator is not the visionary's lackey, they're not something less than uh they're really uh you know a partner as somebody that we're a team we're working right. together to make this stuff happen, so we have to maintain that mutual respect and understanding between the two
0: absolutely so you you use some interesting words in chapter six and seven, uh, which is part of this part two of the book of the how to's uh Chapter Six is finding each other now this sounds really squishy right for <laughs> uh you know someone who who really likes the the rules and 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 the outline and so all of a sudden we're down to this squishy term of finding each other,
1: yeah, so it's it's really not squishy and it's really pretty I know
0: concrete, <laughs> I'm right? just leading you on here <laughs> yeah
1: appreciate that i mean it's it's about okay who who's who am I gonna pair up with and and that puzzle of getting connected because the reality is. We've got a lot of people out there who want that complementary, you know, counterpart, and they don't know how to find them, but they're out there. And so we have a whole process we call the connection process, the visionary integrator connection process, to kind of walk you through that and and get clear, again, on on what the needs are, what the shape of of your, you know, your two-piece puzzle is and, and what to look for on the other side. So if you kind of walk through the steps of the process, the first step, is to get clear on where your company falls on the visionary, what we call the visionary spectrum. So a couple of different components that we consider there, you know, what type of industry are you in? You know, what kind of of growth aspirations do you have for the business? What's going on in the market? Is there a lot of complexity? Is there a lot of regulation? What are the dynamics that are happening? And if you look at that, you know, it starts to become apparent of, of we either need a whole lot of visionary in this business. Maybe we need somebody like a Steve Jobs on the on the extreme end, and then on some situations where it's just very stable and almost stagnant, and we don't have growth aspirations beyond that, it's more of a maintenance mode. Then you don't you don't need much visionary. And you know we make a sort of a tongue in cheek statement in the book where we say a Mr. Magoo might do. <laughs> and and so you need you need to understand where you're coming from in terms of the visionary spectrum. From there, you need to understand yourself as a visionary. One of the tools we we lay out in there is what we call a wish list, where you literally, as the visionary, you kind of make a list of all the things that you wish would be would happen. You'd have an integrator or somebody else to take care of from you uh, for you. From there, you create the profile of of this integrator that you're you're seeking that you're looking for, and then you have to consider what we call the four readiness factors. So are you financially ready to make a move like this in adding an integrator? Uh, And and that's about, hey, I can see what the cost is going to be. Can I see what the benefit is going to be? And an exercise that's helpful there is to kind of look at all the issues on your list and start to put a little dollar figure uh, by them for what benefit you might see if, if that issue was solved. And you start to add up the ones that you think would be addressed if you had an integrator in place and many times it becomes very apparent that okay wow there really is a noticeable return on investment here financially psychological readiness is important are you really to let go <laughs> of the things that you need to let go of All right so we talked right. about that lifestyle readiness you know, are you at that place in your life where you're ready to not uh, you know work 80 hours a week or, or 70 hours a week or whatever or n- or not spend as much time on the things that you don't enjoy but spend more of this that you spend working on the things that you do really enjoy right and uh you know so so we want to bring those readiness factors into focus and make sure that you're actually ready to pull the trigger here and because if you're not it's probably not gonna go it's probably not going to start you have to to know that you're ready be confident that you're ready so that's the fourth step that brings us to the fifth step but i want to i want to point out that we've already gone four steps before we start looking for someone.
0: Those four steps
1: are all about getting really clear on where you are and what you need, so that's what helps us, you know, figure out what we're looking for from there. We go and search and find, and we we talk about a number of different ways from reaching out to your own network to having a, uh, you know, a recruiter help you and and a couple of different tools that can kind of help you find somebody who's going to be the right fit. Once we get them here, you've got to onboard them, ramp them up, and then from there, we really get into this ongoing visionary integrator relationship cycle where we lay the plan out, we execute the plan, we get on the same page, we get realigned, and then we make the next plan, and that cycle basically goes on forever as we develop that relationship.
0: Right, right, absolutely. Well, you know, and it's so funny, and and for me, I've been uh, involved in building this business for, for two years, and there's also kind of an interim piece where, you know, I've gone from – uh everyone being virtual, right? I, I manage everyone remotely. Uh, and I work out of my living room uh, essentially right. and and so i 'm at that place where not only am I more than ready to have an integrator and a full time team, but i 'm also ready to be face to face and so that you've you 've got that room that you can go to to brainstorm and putting sticky notes on the wall and all of those things and right. and, and I think that that 's you know maybe in in most businesses that happens a lot earlier. Um, you know, but I'm at that place where you know I've got to figure out what, whether to raise money or to continue to self fund. You know, which means that you have to find an integrator who's willing to take equity, right? Somebody who's willing to come in and, and who has the wherewithal uh, to really stand side by side with you as a partner. Uh, you know, literally, um, or you know somebody who's willing to come in and put put in money and be able to help grow the business, which is um, you know uh, that that's a whole nother book of of getting money for a business. But let, let's uh, hone in on this last one because I, I think that there are lots of dimensions of patience that are needed when building a company, and you know patience and rocket fuel don't sound like they go together, <laughs> right? But you know I think Absolutely. about again going back to the metaphor. Uh, well, not even the metaphor, but the real life example of, of astronauts going into the ship and getting strapped in and checking all of the dials, and you know they, they do have to be patient right while getting everything ready to then. Switch on the ignition, you know, and the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, right? The the 6, uh, right, the rush and the adrenaline that comes with flipping the switch. So I, I know you probably had a lot of different things uh, about patients, but, in, you know, in, in a couple of minutes if you can't distill uh, that how-to down for us.
1: Yeah, again, I think your astronaut illustration is, is a great one. And, and what we were after here is just the acknowledgment that this isn't going to be easy it isn't going to be super fast. You're going to have to really work at it, be intentional about it, and it's not going to happen overnight. And so we, we talk in the book about sort of having clear 90-day milestones of, you know, this is the most important things to, to do out of the gate. This is where we both expect to be 90 days from now, and being on the same page about that. There seems to be sort of a one-year point where, you know, we see a lot of people say at about 12 months, that's when they kind of feel it clicked. And it, and it changes, and it's, you know, a little bit of a tipping point where it starts to feel more like they wanted it to feel, more like they expected it to feel. Uh, so we just want to temper the expectation, uh, you know, force that diligence, force that patience, uh, which is, you know, it's like you said, it just seems totally counterintuitive, you know, for a visionary to be patient. That's just not the way that, that, that we're wired. Uh, but it's at the same time, it's really it's really essential to give it the time and space and attention to, to lay that foundation uh, for this great relationship that we can, can build on and and carry into the future. Uh, Some people have even gone so far as to say, okay, for the first X months, uh, I want my integrator to just sit and watch and basically not make decisions, not do certain things, but just kind of sit and watch. And that's how they get them, uh, you know, indoctrinated into the culture, into the work environment, into the team, uh, so we don't want to bury them too fast, uh, and that requires tremendous patience because again the the expense clock is running and and you know you're already starting to invest, so there's a real delicate balance that you have to find what 's right for you uh, to make that work,
0: right. Well, Mark, we have, we have covered a lot of ground of, of the context around this essential combination that's necessary to put this rocket fuel into your business. We've talked about the how-tos. You've uh, referred to the fact that there's also uh, a bonus chapter that, that has uh, some further detail on the five tools. Um, I, I mentioned that you do have a website, and uh, why don't you tell us about that? And tell us about uh, how someone can get in touch with you if they are interested in engaging you on on a consulting basis. Or I'm also assuming that you do uh, public speaking engagements. If they wanted you to speak at an event,
1: you bet. So the best the best couple places to go go to RocketFuelNow.com, and on that website there's a couple things of interest. One, you can take the assessments. So, we have a, an assessment for visionaries, an assessment for integrators. So, you can go through and kind of see, uh, you know, how you match up, and that'll help you get get some perspective. There's a, uh, a place that you can get through to a, a private group for folks that are, are owners of the Rocket Fuel book, and there's actually a wonderful discussion going on between uh, between visionaries and integrators and folks that are are working on this and thinking about this. So you can get into that community, a lot of additional content and tools available in there. Uh, finally, uh, you know, you can sign up for our, our newsletter and, and get additional information as we as we put it out. If someone wants to get in touch with me personally, they can contact me through that website or also feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. So you can find me as Mark C. Winters on LinkedIn and either one of those those pathways should uh, should lead you back to me.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, Mark, it has been really great. And thank you so much uh, for giving us your time today. We're going to wrap up the public uh, portion of the interview and uh, have a little side discussion uh, for our members. So if you will just hold on uh, while I... Uh, shut down the recorded portion and uh, by the way for our listeners if you want more information about joining the executive girlfriends group go to www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com and we will be relaunching uh, our website on august first which is national girlfriends day it's also our seventh anniversary so uh, make sure to check back on august first and uh, see how we're reshaping things for our membership Again, thank you so much for joining us, and we are terminating the recorded portion now.